Okay, so we're back. Hello, everyone. Um, we've got uh, a really special guest today. We've got Victor from RockawayX. He's the CEO um, of what people think is a VC fund, but actually isn't really. It's kind of evolved into something more than that um, over time. Victor, welcome. Um, Thank you. It's good to have you. It was good to meet you at, um, in Lisbon. I mean, obviously, a lot has happened since then. Uh, I know you went on holiday and we had a good time in Lisbon, but obviously the market's taken an interesting turn. Things have happened. Thank you for joining us. It's nice to see you again. Um, yeah, so tell us a bit about yourself, what you do, and yeah, yeah, welcome, man. It's good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. Thank you so much for the invitation. So uh, I run Rockaway X, which we started as a fund of funds. So we invested into um, Verify, Multicoin, Polychain, Pantera, now A16Z Crypto and other funds. And um, we also started with direct investments. So for example, we were seed investors in uh, Solana in 2018, March 2018, when we met Anatoly and Raj in 500 startups incubator in San Francisco. And since then, we build up kind of like um, a company which manages $500 million. Most of it are our VC investments, there's 300. We also have a market neutral liquid hedge fund, which is providing loans to market makers, for example, that's uh, that's around 50 million assets under management. And then we have a large engineering division where we manage around $150 million across staking and labs. Together, we are 34 people. I mean, that's, that's like a really short introduction, but it's like it covers so much. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, I mean, this was the interesting thing when we first met and we first chatted. It was from, from our perspective, it was like, okay, cool, we're going to go and meet someone who, who, who VCs. They were one of the original VCs and, and investors in the Solana ecosystem. And, you know, that was it, you know, and then you obviously gave us this introduction and it was like, okay, wow. So there's a lot more layers here. And I, and, and I, and I obviously... The reason why I invited you on the show and to speak speak with us is that, I mean, firstly, I wanted to just kind of understand and also for 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 our community to kind of like understand like, you know, what what it is that you guys have done and how your business has essentially evolved, um, because it seems like that's what's happened. You started out doing one thing and now I know that your background is primarily from an engineering perspective and that's kind of like your your baby that's what you love and it's yes. it's really like what makes it tick can you just yeah go through the process of i mean i want to get into the solana thing i obviously want to get your your perspective around solana and particularly what's coming for the future because as we know there's a lot of there's a lot of fear uncertainty and doubt around that but mm. let's just start from the beginning you guys started out primarily as as venture capitalists right so you went in yes. you invested yeah. So how did it grow from yeah. there? How did you guys get into the yeah. infrastructure side of the business? That's a really good question. So initially, our deal flow was generated mainly through our fund of fund strategy. So other VC funds, we were kind of like sharing deal flow with them. We had like monthly exchanges calls and we openly shared our deal flow. This was throughout the crypto winter 2018 and 19. These whole deal flow sharing stopped when Bitcoin hit $67,000. Then there was just too much money and nobody wanted to share deal flow anymore, especially like with some VCs from Central Europe. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. um, 
So then we started to think, okay, so we, how do we actually help our projects beyond just money? Yeah, because in 2018 and 19, money was the value. Yeah, like if you ask Anatoly from Solana, he says there is only one value at of VCs. It's to basically bring their companies through the crypto inter. So then we thought like how we can help beyond that. And actually it all started with Solana because we started to run their validator while Solana was still in a testnet. And uh, so we bought like Dell EMC computers, you know, those big, big, large computers, which sound like airplanes when you boot them up. And then we put them into a dedicated data center. So we are not using like a, like a cloud solution like AWS or Hetzner, which is actually now turned, Hetzner is turned off now for Solana, yeah? But some other Cosmos networks are still running on, on Hetzner. Uh, so so we, we put our own hardware into data centers, and then we were just discussing with portfolio projects, hey, you know, like, how can we help further? And they were like, well, now that you have a validator, you know, maybe you can help us manage a community within Discord because like validators are decentralized, which means it's very difficult to manage them. And, uh, you know, there needs to be someone who sets a roadmap, who makes sure like everyone's updated to the latest version. And we often do that, you know, we create like roadmaps in Notion and then help everyone to, to bring them up to their latest version. Like we are doing, for example, for Vega protocol, one, another uh, portfolio company, which we have actually Vega will be launching a mainnet on the testnet two weeks from now. It's a decentralized exchange for derivatives. We're very, very much excited about. And, um, and then we just kept talking to portfolio companies that they were like, you know, we are afraid of hackings. So we started a team doing smart contract audits. So now we have a dedicated team of 12 engineers, six on Solidity, six on Rust, who are doing um, smart contract audits and they did smart contract audits on Marinade, for example, Layer Zero, DeBridge, Axelar, uh, OneInch and other uh, basically our portfolio companies, but also not our portfolio companies. And then we just kept talking to them and they're like, hey, why don't you also build applications? So we build a labs division and the recent products from labs, it's observatory.zone. If you go on a website, observatory.zone, it's a dashboard for decentralization for the Cosmos ecosystem. You can see all the Cosmos chains, including the main one, Cosmos Hub. And you can see not only like validator decentralization in terms of staking, which like how many validators, for example, you need to combine to reach the Nakamoto coefficient, meaning like they control more than 33% of the stake, but it also calculates this Nakamoto coefficient for across internet service providers and geographies, which is important because like you don't, as a founder, you don't want your chains to stop when Hetzner decides to basically use their terms of service and uh, kick out all the uh, proof of stake validators on of a certain chain like they did for Solana. So Solana lost kind of like 20% validators representing 20% of their stake, 20% is okay. But if you look at observatory.zone, some of the chains have more than 33% on Hetzner. And that's very valuable for founders because decentralization is important from security perspective and they can immediately see how their network is decentralized there. You are uh, muted. In terms of the issues at Solana, apologies, uh, Victor. 
in terms of the issues that Solana's had from a, you know, from an outage perspective, I mean, that was a deliberate hack, right, on all occasions, or was that kind of like an issue around teething problems from a validator perspective? Because obviously we had those instances where Solana went down. I mean, what was the issue or what were the issues around that at the time? So um, Solana was launched in January 2021, if you, if you remember, uh, basically yes. last year. And uh, and just the timing was good because it was when the NFT started to take off and it just become, became so expensive to mint NFTs on Ethereum that the second chain, which the founders were using for NFT mints, was Solana. Uh, however, Solana used this protocol called, called UDP, where you basically just take all the transactions coming into the validator and process them um, no matter who they are. They now switch this protocol to Quick, which is, which is a different mechanism, but the problem is that the bots or people who wanted to get rich quickly, uh, they were attacking different validators with, we can also call it like DDoS attack, so denial of service, in order to make sure that they would mint those NFTs and uh, not other users. We are running a validator ourselves. You can see the validators dashboard on website called grafana.rbf.capital, grafana.rbf.capital. And um, our validator was sometimes receiving like six to nine gigabits per second. That's a huge amount of data. And how the bots were able to do it is because each epoch of Solana is three days. So it's known in advance, three days in advance, who will be the next validator validating these transactions. And they just kind of like send so many transactions into your validator that the validator wants to process them, takes them, puts them in the memory. But our validators were running out of memory, just like everyone else. And that basically just shuts down the validator and runs out of memory and shuts down the network. So now we now we have we have validators with one terabyte of memory, but this is not happening anymore because of the of the quick quick uh, upgrade to, to, to a quick protocol. And we're also very excited by the work that Jump Crypto is doing on the Firedancer side, where Solana will be the only chain besides Ethereum with two client implementations, and that would bring additional stability. Okay, so essentially what you're saying is that that the problem has been solved and you guys have put contingencies in place. Well, the problem has been solved. Like you never know. So Solana is like still in beta. So you, you, you don't know, you know, the guys are still working on it and the fee markets need to be implemented. So you, you never know, you know, when you speak yeah. with uh, with the team, they're like, it's very difficult to guarantee like 100% uptime. You know, like you never know. Yeah. There are so many vectors of attack. You never know. That's why like diversity of client implementation is important, we think. But uh, but but the down down the road, you know, it, it's a, it's a problem which uh, will be fixed. So in terms of, I mean, in terms of your offering within validators and the rest of it. I mean, it's not just Solana. You also you're also covering other ecosystems as well. Which other ecosystems are you guys covering at the moment? Uh, we cover, we cover. AVEX? No, no, we cover only three, Ethereum, Cosmos, and Solana. 
only three ecosystems. But let me get back to Solana still and the outages yes. because I think it's important. Yeah, if you go on status.solana.com, you can see that there are a 99.64% uptime. Yeah, like even some traditional products like WhatsApp. WhatsApp went down, if you remember, I think one month ago for, you know, three hours. It was a problem globally, but even like, you know, WhatsApp, Facebook and, 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 and Google, you know, those are services which sometimes go down. So, uh, yes. so in our view, you know, it, it happens. And if you look at status.sono.com, you can see that over the last 90 days, there were two outages. 30th of September, one hour, and then a major outage, 1st of October, of six hours. Um, and if you, but this last 90 days, yeah, if you calculate over one year period, you know, it's like the uptime is still like 99.5%, which I think for a chain in beta is uh, is okay. And it will be improved going okay. forward. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm of the opinion that from 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 this downtime i think solana has taken far too much flack from people who have interests elsewhere i don't think it's been a genuine a genuine like okay we've got a major problem here i think it's been i think the sentiment has been we see solana as being a threat we therefore need to create a whole lot of fight around it and i think there's a lot of that that's going on i think we know that in the crypto space we've seen it you know, it keeps on it keeps on reoccurring, and I think Solana, unfortunately, is at the receiving end of that. You know, where you got Maxis on the other side of the fence, and they really don't appreciate. Yeah. You know, and that's that's all it is. I think. I mean, you you yeah. you raised a very important point. It's kind of like if you look at WhatsApp, they've had more of a downtime than we have from a Solana perspective. Yeah. So, what's the problem? Um, I think so. You know, it, I'm relatively old, yeah. So, and I still remember the kind of like. PC versus Apple Wars in terms of operating yeah. systems. You know, in my high school, I said the high school in the US in Louisburg, Louisburg area high school. And I was kind of like responsible for their computer lab and there were many Macs and some people and I came with a PC. There were just a couple of PCs and people were always arguing like which operating system. It was such a religious discussion. And I see exactly the same thing happening here in terms of blockchains. And, um, but I, I wish it was not the case because I think we all fight for just higher adoption of crypto within the, the normal population. Yeah. Like look at the last numbers, 300 million crypto users, you know, it's like such a small amount, like 2% of the, all of the overall oh, internet users. Yeah. So, so I think we have a long way to go and it would be better if we stick together. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, you know, from the blockmates perspective, we very much chain agnostic. We 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 strongly believe that, you know, this technology is going to be a culmination of of different ecosystems and, and many different ideas that will allow us to arrive at whatever conclusions we arrive at. I mean, we don't know what that is. You know, yeah. I think you know that from that perspective, we really are early. You know, these arguments and these different belief systems. Are merely a precursor to where we're going to arrive at um and what i enjoy about what it is that you guys are doing is that you are completely and utterly looking at this thing from a holistic perspective you, you're taking a very much top-down view and you're saying what is this technology all about where can we add value obviously where can we make money but at the same time 
putting in the infrastructure and putting in the cold hard cash where it counts you know and i think you know there's a lot of people saying a lot of things but it's very refreshing to see that it's not just about like like you said you know it's not just about the money it's about how do you take it a step further um, yeah and i think that's really important and i and i wanted to just into just coming back to solana before we move on you know obviously there's been a tremendous amount of bad publicity that's come Solana's way now with with this whole thing with FTX and the rest of it. And I just wanted to, you know, because you guys are essentially inside the infrastructure, you're inside the very essence of what Solana is about from a validated perspective. What is your perspective around the future of Solana? And, you know, obviously, in light of having been to this amazing conference in Lisbon and seeing the extent of what is actually happening in this ecosystem, how do you see things playing out, say, a year, two, three, four years down the line for Solana? Yeah, so I think Solana is, uh, you know, in 2022, the network was stress tested. Right now, its community is stress tested. And uh, but we know the team, the team is kind of like a team of fighters and they built Solana during crypto winter. So I'm actually, you know, very optimistic about it because I know how they can st stick together and work in terms of the founders yeah, the founding team in order to, you know, just deliver um, even in difficult times like like right now. And if you look on on-chain traction, yeah, I'm looking at at the, the block right now. So currently Solana is running at 20, 20 million non-vote transactions daily. And uh, and it was, you know, 16 million in April, May. So, and it was 50 million one year ago. So it's like, you know, it's not, the chain is running, there is traction on chain. And um, of course the TVL decreased, but the TVL decreased in dollar terms because, um, you know, Solana price was destroyed because of the Alameda and, and FTX situation where Alameda had to sell a lot of soul they had on the, on the balance sheet in, in, in order to try to recover. And I think it's just a good opportunity right now to also clear out the community. I don't know if you remember Breakpoint 2021. Yes. It was 1,500 people. This year was 3,000. So like, you know, 50 or, or even 70% more visitors, but many more developers less actually you know investors and and people who wanted to kind of get rich from the ecosystem and and we are happy about it we are excited about it because crypto interest actually clear out the tourists and we can see who really stays like look at ftx had projects like serum for example as soon as it was clear that ftx went down then there was a community which forked Serum and created a new protocol, community driven by Mango Markets and their efforts. Yeah, so the community is strong, and I think you know, it's just a, right now what we need is um, is the trust of people to 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 come back in because for some reason you know crypto is a sentiment driven is a sentiment driven industry, and the sentiment was that it's an FTX chain, but I think this is something which we need to now change. 
Great. I, I totally agree with you. And, and it seems like that is going to land up happening just purely because of the kind of culture that is present within the Solana community. I think it, I think they definitely, I agree with you. Um, I mean, we, we've got one of our main sponsors and one, one of our, our very close friends is the hero guys, the HXRO guys. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the question was asked because obviously, you know, Avalanche has um, presented now SDKs for Rust and it was like, you know, there was intense discussions around, um, you know, people outside of the Solana community saying, so guys, are you guys going to now move to Avalanche now that these SDKs are, are available? And, and the immediate reaction was, why the hell would we do that? You yeah. know, we, we know, we know the ecosystem, we know who we're dealing with. It's cheap, it's fast, it's getting better. We've got fire dancer that's just, you know, hit hit the rails now. And it's like, why would we yeah. want to go anywhere? It's kind of like we've got the support. Yes. We're not going anywhere. And it, it was really cool to see that, you know. Yes. And, and it's yeah. nothing good can come out of an ecosystem shutting down for crypto as a whole. Yeah. You know what and I mean? I can it's tell like you, yeah. We know that there is, for example, Binance and BNB chain going active, actively after Solana projects and trying to convert them to go in, to go on BNB chain. We know that, yeah, because because we are either we have portfolio companies or we are leading the rounds of you know protocols who have traction and they told us, yeah, and and their answer is no, they are sticking with Solana because they they know the team, they know the protocol, they know the ecosystem, but other chains are actively using it. Uh, as kind of like a customer acquisition strategy. <laughs> I don't think it's working very well. I honestly don't think that it's working very well. It seems like that community solid. Obviously, you're going to get a few that are going to move because they're scared or whatever the case is. But I think that if you look at the cold hard facts, like you said, you know, you've got 20 million transactions that are happening at the moment versus 50 million at the height of the bull versus what was it? Um, 12 15, 15 or, million yeah 12 15 in in may in may yeah i mean it's like it looks like it's business as usual so let's get on with it and that's really positive um in terms of cosmos tell us a bit about cosmos what your thoughts are around it because you know from a crypto native perspective unless you are very much in that ecosystem or part of that community it's not really the kind of community that we hear a lot about it's like we've got to actively go out and find out about it and i was just curious this is me trying to find out more information i mean what are your thoughts around cosmos you know the culture the the community tell us a bit about what you see in the cosmos ecosystem so um we organized cosmos gateway conference it was in may in uh, prague 2022 and it will be end of april 2023 again in prague and okay. it was like it was awesome because it was like a room full of developers. And actually, if you remember, when Solana had breakpoint in 2021 in November, right before that was uh, was Cosmoverse. Cosmoverse was in like a was it was in a very small hotel, you know, small room, 100 builders, developers. Yeah, Solana was like 1,700 people, and back then, you know, mainly investors and like NFT people, and. Um, and Cosmos is just builders. Cosmos is a chain which actually has traction because you have so many other chains running on it. Just just look at observatory.zone and you can see all different all different Cosmos chains running on Cosmos ecosystem. 
However, it has like no hype. Yeah. Because none. And, and I'm yeah. just thinking like why that is. And of course, like what drives the price of Atom token? It's it's mainly kind of like perceived value. Yeah. Like what drives the price of crypto tokens currently is perceived value more than fundamental value for for some reason at, at least right now and there is perception that atom as a token has no value because it's not linked to the actual chain uh, like the token utility but you know that has been changed will change and i think um, but who cares about the price yeah <laughs> what we care about yeah. is adoption and 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 I think Cosmos definitely needs more application. You know, you, you have you have decentralized exchange like Osmosis. You have some, uh, you have Stride. You have the liquid staking right now being built on it. But you know, it's a chain that works. Vega Protocol is also running on Tendermint Protocol. We are excited about Agoric, which is uh, basically has just launched IST, which is like a stablecoin on Cosmos ecosystem. So Cosmos is kind of like coming together, bottom up. Yeah, all these different bits and pieces being built in order to achieve a full, like a kind of like a financial system chain. So we're excited about Cosmos. So do you think that Cosmos is lacking that aspect of community from a hype perspective? Or don't you think, or do you think that it just doesn't need it? I think it has a strong community. It has a strong community of developers, of course, with very kind of like strong point of views, point of views on some aspects. So for example, the Atom 2.0 was, you know, recently non-voted for. So there is, of course, like some kind of internal politics going on. But, um, but I think what Cosmos does not have is like, you know, retail investors would be excited. It does not have the hype, yeah. which Solana did. And now Solana has negative hype. <laughs> but ultimately my belief and I'm, I'm like a financial guy yeah so ultimately i believe the speculative value and the utility value will converge although right now it's not the case i mean from a i mean from a timeline perspective i mean we've obviously we've obviously seen in the past that you know crypto winters kind of like a a two three year process do you think that in light of you know what's happened on a macro scale and obviously in a, on a on a crypto scale as well even though we've had a lot more adoption a lot more money moving through do you think that we're going to have a longer crypto winter because of the the dynamic of macro or do you think it's essentially more of the same from the past no i, I think it will be longer i think i think uh, but i'm actually very positive this time because in 2018 the crypto winter, it was not sure that crypto would survive. We remember like there yeah. was only two use cases, speculation, like tokens trading. And yeah. the second use case was ICOs, initial coin right. offerings. Yeah. We had no DeFi, we had no Web3, we had no gaming with tokens, we didn't have NFTs. These are clear use cases. Like how do you prove that you own something on the internet? You cannot, you can just even take a picture of like a neighbor's Ferrari or, you know, Louis Vuitton bag, but you do on the internet without blockchain, you cannot prove that you own something. And this is yeah. just in our view, complete revolution. And not many people in the traditional world understand this. And I think, 
So we, we wrote a blog post, uh, I think two weeks ago, called Web3 Consumer Use Cases. It has around 10 use cases split into physical and virtual use cases. So physical, for example, a coordination of users to build networks like, uh, you know, HiveMapper and potentially Helium. And uh, also physical, like fun tokens, for example. Yeah, fun tokens, 6 billion trading volume per month. NFTs, 600 million. Fun tokens are 10x bigger in terms of trading volume than NFTs and nobody speaks about it. It's a clear use case. Another one, for example, is uh, in the virtual world, is comic books. We just led around into Three World, Three Moons. The guys behind Three World, Three Moons are authors of comic books like Superman, Spider-Man, Thor. And they are so excited by crypto because they are like, it completely changes their business model. Now they can do direct to readers distribution. They can do, you know, read to earn. They can, then the users now can participate into a story, create all their own like characters and maybe even monetize some of the NFTs like armor of, the, of those characters uh, and influence the story. And it takes six months to write a comic book versus six years to create a triple yeah. game. So there's so many use cases now, fashion also, <laughs> like look now, Nike, Adidas, uh, Dolce Gabbana, you know, all of these brands are so excited by blockchain. Look at Vatom.com, V-A-T-O-M, V-A-T-L-O-M. It's a yes. very interesting product through which the brands can increase much better and engage engagement with their consumers. Brands typically, they don't know who their buyers are, their consumers, like, you know, they work with uh, Pepsi Cola, for example. Yeah, Pepsi has chips. Now, what Vatom is doing is that they print out QR codes on those chips. If you scan those QR codes, you get a wallet. And then you can be like in an amusement park or you can be, for example, in Qatar to watch the World Cup. And now through an AR, so augmented reality interface on your phone, now you can, you know, collect some soccer balls, for example, somewhere. And those are NFTs. Now you keep them in their wallet. In your wallet and as a result of that now pepsi has much more information can engage directly with the buyers of those packs of chips it's a complete disruption yeah. of um, of the business model of marketing business model and and people don't get it now and and we think one of these consumer web3 use cases will be the ones which will drive the next bull run but it will take some time uh, you know 18 months 24 months we think for sure like if you if you think back about about crypto, like every bull run was driven by a use case, a speculative yes. one, but a use case like you know, Bitcoin and you know trading of Bitcoin. 2013, 2017 ICOs, 2020 DeFi summer, 2021 NFTs. Yeah, and yeah. we think right now we are also because of the macro situation, we are in for the next 24 months until the next bull run comes and we think one of the web three consumer use cases will be will be driving driving the upside it'll be interesting to see you know how right how right you are you know we will reflect upon this and i'll <laughs> i'll pop you a message when it starts again i'll, <laughs> I'll remind you of this conversation yeah. but i completely agree with you i mean it, it, it's always it always is that one catalyst that that sparks the whole thing but we do need that time. We do need that period where, you know, we need to kind of consolidate and, and kind of come to terms with 
essentially all that's happened. I mean, we, we had, we've had an incredible two years. I mean, obviously the last two year, the last year has been very, very, very interesting, but very, very difficult in many ways. Um, mm. But I believe that, you know, obviously in terms of what it is that we do and engaging with projects, what we found is, and, and this is something that you and I haven't chatted about, is that we've we found, particularly in the last three to six months, that the quality of the projects that are coming to us for commentary, for opinion, for advisory stuff, have been exceptional projects. I mean, I'm seeing stuff that is really, really interesting. Um, and in terms of the DeFi context, and obviously with what's happened around centralized exchanges, and and I want to ask you about this because I know that you mentioned a, a, um, a decentralized project that you guys are working on, and I'd love to speak about that, but it's essentially exchanges that are no longer centralized. You know, the GMXs of this world and all these new ideas that are coming to the, coming to the, you know, to the fore, I mean, how much bigger do you think DeFi will be in the next run and obviously building up to that over the next two to three years? Um, I think DeFi is a critical use case, yeah, because so here's what I think. I think the next bull run will be driven by Web3 consumer use cases, as it is like, for example, activity gamification, Stepan, gaming, comics books. As a result of that, people will earn tokens. And then they can use DeFi in order to, you know, change those tokens, lend them, borrow, use them for other financial activities. So only then DeFi will become a critical piece because people will natively own crypto by those use cases. And and then I think DeFi can be, you know, from, I don't know what's the market cap of DeFi right now. Last time I looked was like 45 billion. It can be, you know, 10, 20, 20 X more than that. So we are very bullish about DeFi. We are actively looking, for example, for yield generating protocols. Very excited by protocols like Friction, for example, Ribbon. So Friction is F-R-I-K-T-I-O-N on Solana. They are automatically generating yield through option strategies, Rockstar team, uh, Ribbon similar. We are also actively looking at uh, for example, insurance protocols, we think insurance needs to be built out even more. I, w- I would like to see more kind of even like real life assets to be used in DeFi. So, you know, things like Centrifuge and TrueFi, Maple, I think have a um, place in this world. And um, and then, you know, if, if if this is fulfilled, then then DeFi can be even 100 X from what it is right now because the traditional financial system is trillions of dollars. Like equities is 250 bill, 250 billion across the world, and and you know, um, DeFi is much smaller than that. In terms of decentralized exchanges, because I think you know the DeFi the DeFi narrative right now is you know where where is the real world case being imitated in the DeFi context and right now we know that decentralized exchanges are essentially the the shortest the shortest and easiest path to that you obviously have spoken about you know kind of like the option side of it there are a couple of ideas around bringing you know um property into the DeFi space tokenizing the value of property we actually we're about to launch a, an article on a protocol 
today actually it's going to be we're going to we're going to release it later on today around you know obviously transferring real value in the real world into the DeFi space through tokens and the rest of it what do you think the next kind of big movement in the space will be besides obviously you know the nft context because i think the nft context is very much entrenched you know the, the fan tokens i think that's a brilliant example thanks for reminding me about that because it's not something that we speak about but you know yeah. as traders you know traders know you know traders will see you know a fan token they're like why didn't i know about this you know there's money to be made here um yeah but what do you think the next thing will be besides insurance where do you see the the real life use cases coming into the DeFi space for 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 adoption um personally i like protocols like credix for example c-r-e-d-i-x where they actually help so for example you can lend your money to uh, like counterparties doing um, financing of used cars in brazil so they are kind of the bridge between you know crypto investors and real life um, companies which actually need financing yeah credits centrifuge and um, that's where i see potentially immediate opportunity because DeFi is not generating yield at all right now look at compound or look at other interest rates you have much more interesting interest rates in real life and uh, those protocols could bridge that gap we we have a we have a hedge fund like a hedge fund structure it's based in Liechtenstein. it's the largest like fully regulated fund crypto fund blockchain fund in europe and we are generating 13 percent in a market neutral way for our investors and uh, we mainly use right now loans that we give out to market makers so let's call it c5 we also do automatic loan provision to exchanges like bitfinex because on the other side you have some traders who are there is a market for loans so they are offering the loans they would get at some terms and then we are calculating and taking the portfolio providing uh, liquidity there and third uh third uh activities or investments we are doing on that front is actually financing through DeFi real life use cases uh, like for example credits so this is where i see immediate opportunity especially during this crypto winter during this bear market yeah. because the real world provides better yields than DeFi. brilliant thanks for that um i think the the next the next thing that that comes to mind for me is how do you position yourself in a crypto winter, especially in, in, you know, as a CEO, as a business as large as yours, how do you lay foundations and cultivate relationships and invest in projects? What is your main strategy around approaching it, approaching things? Do you find fresh ideas or do you go and find projects that have tried and tested ideas and then invest in them? Yeah, so... I would just work much harder right now in a crypto winter. I, as you say, like I took a week off to just kind of breathe a bit, but we just work much harder right now than, than before because we have a portfolio of 60 entities, yeah, 25 funds, 
and 35 projects. And now projects really need us, like Solana needs us. Solana did not need us in the bull, in the bull market. Now they need us. Um, and, um, and, it, and but we see just like you, we see still very interesting projects and um, whether it's comics, like I mentioned, whether it's like gaming, um, gaming protocols, whether, you know, it's DeFi, we also look at infrastructure in terms of developer tools. Um, we're looking at Blocktorch, for example, right now, it's like, a, it's a solution which helps you as a developer to listen, to uh, observe all different like states that you get as an app. So for example, an RPC notice download of Infura, Blocktorch tells you, or it tells you it's like a dashboard, like what is the TVL, TVL about different addresses that you have uh, of users connected to your DApp. And there is no such solution today. However, in, in the like old world, you have these solutions of observation, which are, you know, already there. those are big businesses. So, so there is still, still so much to do. So we just work much, much, much. We just have to work much harder than, 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 than during the bull run. And I would say, Hiring is right now critical for us. Yeah, we are 34 people, but we want to be 52 as soon as possible. Uh, so we are actively hiring. It's just our bar is very high. So, but you know, we, we have an office in London, in Zurich, in Prague, but we are also hiring kind of like across the globe, mostly engineers and investment profiles, because we just uh, don't have enough time to do all the work which we have to. We actually, we actually in the process of launching a, a job site, by the way. Yeah. We, yeah. So that was one of the things that obviously came out of this thing, you know, just coming back to the question that I asked you earlier on in terms of like, how long do you see this crypto winter being? And, you know, you, you put it quite beautifully in that 2013, you know, it was just about trading Bitcoin in 2017, 2018, it was ICOs and speculation, but now we've grown. There's just so many use cases. There's so many, so much opportunity that you know we've also developed a job site and we've got you know relationships that we've obviously built and it's a no-brainer really i mean it's 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 just what's needed you know people working yeah. remotely a lot of a lot of big brands who don't really want to travel and go and live in in cities and they want to live where they live and it's a great opportunity for us and and that's how we saw that opportunity um and there's a big demand for it. I mean, it's and and the whole sphere around, you know, Web three has grown tremendously over the last twenty four months to thirty six months. That if you had told me three years ago that this is what I would be doing, I would have laughed at you, you know. <laughs> and 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 it's it's what we've been doing, and it's just incredible. Like just all these new opportunities, and yeah. I think it really does speak to what it is that you've been talking about. Is that you know, how can you not be positive about things? Sure, it's it's it can be depressing, it can be can get you down when you know things happen, like with what happened with FTX. And but like you said, you know, it's time to to get rid of all the tourists. Um, yeah. and it seems the tourists were playing with a serious amount of money. Um, but if that's what it takes, then that's then then, then so be it. You know, I mean, there's nothing we can do about that. We just got to survive and, and, and make the most of it. Uh, yeah, but it's a great time to, to, to build. So I actually very much support your idea of a hiring website. It's very difficult to hire right 
now in, in crypto or in Web3, you have a couple of kind of like hiring agents, but, you know, we are on the lookout of, um, of good websites or good ideas to get even more developers into this, uh, into this ecosystem. Yeah, I mean, I was speaking to one a founder, um, a friend of ours. He's a founder, and and he was he's actually actively looking for two, two. I mean, like he says, he wants two rocket science developers. You know, he's not settling for anything, anything less. He's not constrained by budgets, even though he is on a budget. He's saying, I want the best. I'll pay for them. You know, yeah. let's let's make it happen. Find them for me. You know, and that's that's the sentiment right now. If you've got a good mm. idea, and you've got a good project. You've got to give it your all, and this is the time to do that because in a bull, you don't have a chance to do that. In a bull, you're managing chaos as opposed to building an, an order. Um, yeah. you know, and, 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 and we found the same thing. I mean, we found what's really interesting about what we do is that we've had more of a demand in terms of our, our attention and you know, having these kind of conversations with people more so now than ever before. Mm -hmm. People are, are actively looking for good quality content and you know they want to tell their story in the correct way which is really cool i mean it's it's actually awesome you know as opposed to in the middle of a bull market where you get people coming and trying to bribe you hundreds of thousands of dollars to you know go and write an article which is clearly a ponzi and is going to land up rugging your community and it's like listen we're not going to do that it's not what we yeah. do here you know it's like but no, take the money it's fine no dude we're not taking your money <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Yeah, especially like if you are in this business for long term, you only have one reputation. Look, I think, look at Three Arrows Capital, look at FTX, look at Celsius. Like, I think I'm not saying these guys will go to jail because like nobody knows. I listened to SBF's discussion on Deal Book last night. Like he's claiming, you know, that it was a mistake. He didn't, you know, use the money but so, so nobody knows but it's the reputation like we only have one reputation in our lives and if that one is destroyed then it's over so that's why we should be you know long-term thinkers versus versus short-term i think it's easy to make money relatively easy to make money in, in crypto especially in the bull run yeah it is easy but what's not easy is to is to cultivate that long-term view because human nature unfortunately what happens the majority of the time with human nature is that the temptation of making it is so overwhelming that people will do anything to to achieve that that moment of glory and that's where they fall into the trap and they make that mistake yeah and it's, you it's not be, i mean yeah you should be testing that in founders i think if yes. they're motivated by money like even like i don't know if you remember sbf was uh had like a podcast six months ago, I think it was for New York Times, but I'm not sure. So he had like a, this uh, podcast and he said, you know, he said what yield, he explained yield farming in a very clear way. And he said, you know, just create a protocol, uh, issue a very small part of tokens in terms of circulating. And then, you know, just do a couple of articles, have a couple of branded investors to invest in it. Uh, small trading volume and of course demand will be there but small supply of course the token price will go up so it was relatively easy to have a hundred million fully diluted market cap company 
that you as a founder create and then immediately you think like a rock star you go to clubs you you know you buy those um, you know Dom Perignon champagnes and I don't see this anymore it was the case in Art Basel last year I don't know if you were in Art Basel in Miami last year it was crazy like you go into a club yes there were a couple of people were talking about it and saying are you going are you going yeah yeah so and you know it's like half, half like there are less less you know crypto people showing off their wealth because they are poor again which yes. i think is a good thing i remember crypto winter 2019 san francisco blockchain week we were we went into like an after party into a club we were three people yeah three people however last year if you remember like art puzzle nft nyc and you could not book a table yeah it was like that was insane i was, was that was that was twenty thousand dollars <laughs> but victor that was pure cringe as well on so many yeah. levels it was just like it was too much really I it mean, remember it, it actually reminds me of um of january 18 when bitcoin was at twenty thousand. Yes. exactly the same thing like and I would like if you want to see if it's a like a like so here's maybe a good trading strategy huh? you just go into nightclubs and you see are there crypto people buying tables for twenty thousand dollars and if yes then you sell your crypto and if no then you just you know <laughs> then you, so then you the, dollar cost average <laughs> so that's the alpha for this interview today the alpha yeah. for this interview today in case you weren't paying attention is that <laughs> Pay attention to, to clubs, and if you see crypto people buying tables, go and sell your crypto immediately. <laughs> yeah, because it's the it's the top. <laughs> but that's that is the most valuable lesson, right? I mean, if if you look yeah. at it from a trading perspective, that is the single most valuable lesson. Is like knowing when to sell the top is mm. probably the hardest thing to do, because of that euphoric state, um, yes. and. You know, this is this is my second this is my second cycle, and there's a reason why. Even though, even though I managed to to pretty much get out mostly in November last year, it sh I should have gotten out a lot sooner. You know, like yeah. and a lot of people still held on. Um, yeah. But I'm learning, so I think the next cycle, <laughs> let's see, <laughs> will be even more volatile. Yeah, no, but for us, so we we exited more for more positions that, that we invested but when we exit it's much more difficult discussion internally definitely because you really, yeah. you often like you say you are euphoric and you kind of like fall in love with the project especially where you're helping so much also yes. those projects is like very difficult to even for us argument and argue within the investment committee the good thing about us i think is that we have the tradfi guys on the investment committee and the crypto guys sitting on both sides of the table and you can see you know it's like a fight yes. it takes us like 24 hours to make a decision to invest it takes us like 14 days to make a decision to exit wow so what is that i mean what is the difference between fundamentally between a trad fire perspective versus a crypto perspective i think people have ideas as to what the differences are but yeah. what are they from your perspective when you're sitting in the middle and you're trying to kind of find the sweet spot between the two yeah I can tell you exactly. So we have, um, I am by training, 
I am like a corporate finance guy. Yeah, before Rockaway X, I was with McKinsey and Company. It's like a consulting firm, part of the corporate finance practice. So, like, I am basically trained by varying companies using discounted cash flows. So we have an Excel model for every investment we do. The TradeFi guys, they stick to the initial business model we do at the investment and then evaluate how the company progresses. The crypto guys, they change it. They're like, oh, wow, this is the traction. And then they change the assumptions to prolong the... And they don't care that the assumptions are not realistic again because they change, they adapt their reality. So the yes. TradFi guys are like feet on the ground. The crypto guys are hand in the cloud. And then, you know, it's a fight somewhere in the middle of the horizon. Wow. Okay. I kind of figured that that would be the case, but I would have thought that maybe there would have been more of a firmer, like kind of like more feet on the ground from the crypto side of it. But it makes sense that it wouldn't because as soon as the parabolic curve starts kicking in, it's like it's a whole different ball game, isn't it? I mean, we've been there. We've yes. seen it. And you I know, think it's like... It it boils down a lot to experience. So the TradFi guys we have on our investment committee are like all 40 years plus. The crypto guys, we don't find a crypto guy who is 40 year plus. They're mostly like, you know, 20 something yes. computer science guys. And just this, 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 and look at FTX. FTX were 20 something, yeah, SBF, 29 years old, you know, 27 when he started. So, and I think it's just this experience which teaches you to kind of like be humble and realistic versus just overly optimistic. Is that Big Ben in the background? Um, I, I I think so, yeah. Yeah, I'm, that's I'm, Big Ben. You're in London, yeah. so that's, that sounds... Yeah, I'm in London, I'm in, I'm in the city center. Yeah. I, like, I like it here. <laughs> that's Big Ben. <laughs> wow, cool. Um, in terms of in terms of Rockaway X and your strategy going forward, I mean, obviously the business has grown substantially. Is it something that you are you looking to grow other aspects of your business right now, or is it essentially the liquidity, the infrastructure, and the VC side yeah. of things, or are there other things that you've got your eye on that you'd like to do? So we have three divisions: investments, liquidity, and engineering. And we just go, you know, deep on those three. Uh, I could imagine like buying some company on our books as well. Like, for example, if there is a great staking provider, which has, you know, some networks, which we are not covering some interesting technology. Uh, I could imagine doing M&A, potentially, you know, a smaller market maker who could help us market make the, the projects we invest into early. Uh, I could also imagine, so maybe outside of these three or within the investments, I'm also looking, doing more M&A to, to like acquire companies, a bit like Jump did with um, Certic One when, when they basically acquired also got Wormhole. I think um, that's, that's, that's what I want to do. But just other than that, it's just being, you know, really there for Europe, and European founders, and also for Europe in terms of like US and Asian founders, if they want to, you know, grow their communities here. And I think crypto has been global, but it's going to be more and more regional because of the 
peep of the of what comes out of FTX, where basically there will be more regulation, and regulation is always regional. I think Europe we need a strong, we need stronger players here. You know, American VCs raise you know four point five billion dollars, A sixteen Z paradigm, you know two billion dollars. We don't have VCs or builders large like this in Europe, but we need them. I don't know if you saw the latest Atomico report called State. I Oh, so yes, state, state, state of European tech. They say that in traditional VC, early stage companies, only 5% of European startups are invested by American capital. In crypto, it's 30% of European startups are invested by American capital. So actually, Americans are much more active in European startups in, in blockchain crypto than they are in traditional uh, traditional startups and I think it's not fair and I think we we need to be better in Europe supporting like the brains we have versus leaning on on US capital and then kind of providing the value we create over the ocean across the ocean I've met some really good European devs uh, and yeah. founders like just the coolest guys just you know find them to be a lot more fluid in their approach to things. I suppose it is very much a Euro thing anyways. And, yeah. um, but there's not a lot of them. You're, you're a hundred percent correct. It's, it seems to be the, obviously a lot of Asians and there's a lot of Americans, but we're not seeing Africa starting to grow now as well. Obviously I'm based in Africa and, and I'm seeing mm -hmm. there's a lot of discussion around African, you know, blockchain, you know, like, like crypto natives that are coming through. I mean, South Africa is very popular for that. So I think Kenya, Tanzania, mm -hmm. um, obviously Nigeria, because they've, you know, the folk there have always been cornered from a, you know, banking's perspective. Yeah. But don't you think that Europe is the way that it is because, you know, European Union and regulation around that hasn't been clear? Or do you think it's just not something that people have taken? No, I, I think we have developers. I think, like, look at sharding. Sharding white paper was first created out of ETH Zurich in Switzerland, but it was implemented by American companies. So I think we, we, we have developers, we have researchers. What we are missing is, um, like, local capital, but US VCs have raised much more money. That's why they are more active here. So I think we need more institutional investors in Europe who would be supporting crypto. It's very difficult to fundraise here look like the biggest funds maybe raise i don't know 100 200 maybe 300 million dollars max here in europe yeah. so we need investors who are more risk takers and open-minded here in europe just like they're in the us in the us you have pension funds endowment funds fund of funds already investing into crypto they know it they understand they are active in europe however we we do not yet it's high net worth individuals and family offices, if any. So it will be interesting to see how that that develops over time. And, you know, whether, I mean, imagine, imagine in two, three years time, you've got a European market that is contributing the same as the US market or close to, I mean, that will just take crypto to such an incredible level. Yeah. Um, it's another, yeah. for me, like it's another potential like bullish indicator. Once we get more and more institutions, then of course more capital flows in into this industry. 
and then um, like the market cap will will raise. What is the market cap now? Like nine hundred billion, maybe eight hundred billion. Nine hundred and thirty billion. Yeah. Yeah. So it's small. <laughs> yeah, it should be. It was a two troll, right? It was a two it was trillion. A three. It was even a three. Three. That's right. Yeah, three trillion. Um, so, I mean, we do obviously have a lot to look forward to, and yeah. um, I think I think that brings us to the top of the hour. And and I'd like to send you a mail and get you to come on come onto the show again in the future. It was great to to connect with you again, and 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 thanks for. I think you've given us so much to think about, Victor. I mean, it's like you know, it's so easy to. To get caught up in 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 this kind of like you know this microcosmic thing i mean we try and look out but you know we very much DeFi orientated the projects that we work with and the community that we're with you know it's very trading oriented and it's very much you know what a project's doing what is their significance as opposed to you know what does the big picture look like you know yeah. what do you what do you guys what are companies like you know rockaway doing you know it's it's not just about you know investing in a project and then dumping on communities that's not what you guys are yeah. doing you know it's like there's an invest there's an uh, there's a vested interest in those founders um and it's very obvious i mean it's 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 very obvious that you you have a long-term view on this thing it's in your interest to have a long-term view as well your business is built around that yeah and it's really cool to understand you know what those moving parts are i mean we could probably discuss aspects of your business i mean liquidity is something that fascinates me i mean i think that is something that we could have we could discuss for at least an hour mm. um you know and 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 the importance of liquidity especially now i mean you know markets and and and, and market makers right now it's so thin and you know any any anything can move it and it's mm. it's it's so important that anyways i don't want to get into it now i think we we need to revisit this conversation yeah but thanks a lot um thank you today i appreciate your time sir <laughs> i know that you're busy and thank you so much yeah and yeah and we'll we'll chat in the future yeah. definitely we are so in much. touch thank you when you come to europe just give me a call yeah